Hi friends, new and old. Bridget here. Today's episode was actually the first podcast I ever recorded with my buddy, Ted Willis. He encouraged me to get this podcast started, and then soon after, Kelly agreed to co-host. So, a little story as to why I don't have any material with my lovely co-host. Last week, we recorded an episode with our friend Tanner and had a lot of laughs. It was a funny episode. But my computer never saved the data files, so I completely lost that recording. And I'm very sad about it because I'm not, like, super tech-savvy. So you guys are stuck with listening to just my voice, but at least we have another voice, Ted. And you can definitely look forward to another episode with Tanner in the future. But in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the first ever recorded episode of Sola. I'm calling it two Christians in a car. (laughs) We recorded the whole thing sitting in my car and here I am actually in my own car again recording this intro just to give you guys some background. But we do talk a lot about our Christian perspectives and I just don't want it to turn you off. I think that it's going to be exciting and good and worthwhile to listen to no matter what your beliefs are. So even let me know what you think, and again, always feel free to send in an email to solidaritypodcast at gmail.com, and happy listening. Okay, there we go. Well, hello, my listeners. Don't know who you are. Maybe I will by the time I post this. I have asked my friend Ted to just chat with me a little bit about singleness. We just did a video for his YouTube account, which I'm guessing is Ted Willis, isn't it? Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name's Ted Willis, Mm -hmm. and you can find my videos by searching Ted Willis on YouTube. So if you by any chance don't know what I look like and are listening to this, you can go look at the video that we just shot and you can see how Clark Kent-like Ted is. It's great. It's actually these glasses in particular you're wearing. Yeah, we're both rocking pretty sweet specs. Pretty sweet hipster glasses. I don't really like to have friends without hipster glasses. That's how I narrow it down. You need to. It's, um, there's... There's too many people to be friends with. You have to have filters. And that's my filter glasses. (laughs) Anyway, what had happened was about a month ago, Ted and I were hanging out at the U of A homecoming. Go Wildcats. (laughs) Bear down. Uh, Look at your your growl. It came up really loud on the recording. And we were just having this fun conversation about what it's like being 28 and single. And, I mean, it's cool because, like, as a guy, he has a different perspective than I do. But we, I just felt like our conversation was really encouraging to me. And, Ted, you just traveled the world for, like, most of a year. I did. I've been traveling for a while. I was abroad for six months in total and went to a lot of different countries several places in Europe and then spent some time in Asia 
So it was amazing and got to meet a lot of people and experience a lot of different cultures. But one of the greatest things I experienced was seeing how people do community and how Eastern cultures really value family and the community they live in and also uh, how people do romantic relationships. And it was interesting that like desiring an intimate romantic relationship seems to be a human value that Mm -hmm. really does transcend borders and regions and cultures. And why did you decide to go travel all around the world? Um, Because I'm a 20-something millennial and (laughs) it just felt like something I ought to do. (laughs) No, I I had several reasons I wanted to go travel. Um, One of them was, so I do videos professionally and I wanted to go explore what it looked like for me to go and make video content that I cared about instead of just content for clients and things I was getting paid for and so I wanted to go and do some travel videos and do some videos around uh, learning about various cultures and I wanted to go um, kind of have a spiritual like growth experience um, traveling by myself Uh, if you guys who are listening haven't traveled before or have never traveled by yourself abroad I highly encourage you to do so because it is a very stretching and growing experience that I can only recommend. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of different things, but um, I wanted to go and stretch, get some yoga in. Yeah, you just eat, pray, loved it. Eat, pray, love. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was just super fun to be watching on your YouTube all the different places and people. Um, I know that like some of us, your friends from college, like we were watching and. We'd talk about them and just like I don't know, we we're like proud of you, kind of. We we're like had this like sense of pride, like look at Ted, he's he's doing it, <laughs> he's seeing the world, and it was just fun. Um, Thanks, yeah. yeah, that that's that's awesome, and it's it's so it's so cool that friends from different uh, seasons of life got to kind of join me in that, and new friends that are listening, you can go check out all those videos are still on the YouTube channel. Binge away. Binge away. <laughs> That's your thing, right? Travel vlogs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even just what you're saying, like these seasons of life, I don't think I said this, it makes sense sort of, but Ted and I knew each other in college. We were part of InterVarsity Christian Fellowship together there, and so we got to experience lots of different things, ministry and Bible study and spiritual growth. So like we come out of that culture, that Christian culture, and I do feel like in a way we were really spoiled with our particular community, like how deep people wanted to, you know, go and learn about God. And then just like it kind of built this standard of what it means to be a Christian too. Mm -hmm. So for me, I wasn't that concerned about my singleness. And I, you know, dated one of our friends for a little while during college. But I do think that in Christian culture, we see people getting married younger than maybe the rest of the world. Like, I think they say the like classic age for getting married, like on average is around our age or like 30. Mm -hmm. And so we're really not, we don't need to be worried kind of thing. Like that's what the world would tell us. Like, Oh, don't worry about it. Outside of the Christian circles of of friends. Although I'm just not sure what it is. If the, if you're talking just like Christian Western culture, how old it just felt like it was, it's always between like 22 and 25. Yeah. I think, um, it really depends on the region, um, geographically and your circle of friends. 
but I definitely recognize that being in the Southwest United States and having a lot of friends that are yeah. uh, Christians and kind of in the evangelical non-denominational church, a lot of people get, it's kind of weird to not be married before you're 30. Yeah. And you, we start to become the like, I mean, like for us ladies, it's like old maids when you're 30 and not married. That's when people tell me to um, get on Christian Mingle, you know? Mm-hmm. They're like, just get on Christian Mingle, you're 30, and I'm Tinder like... Tinder it up, Bridget, come on. Funny story, I totally have, but it was more just because I wanted to see what Tinder was like, mm-hmm. because I think it had evolved enough that it wasn't just booty calls, Yeah. you know? And I ended up going on a Tinder date with this guy who, very different beliefs than I have, but... We had these really great conversations. He's super smart. And we ended up talking about Jesus for three hours. And he said it was the best Tinder date he's ever been on. Oh, see? You're and, a Tinder pro. But I said it was because he wasn't getting in my pants. I think that's why. You know, I actually care about who he was as a person. <laughs> yeah. And I think he loves talking about, like, faith and spirituality, even though he doesn't believe in God. He's an intriguing individual, but... Yeah, he sounds interesting. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I said this in the video, but I just, I feel like I could, you know, go on a date with anyone and have a fun time, you know, but not necessarily feel like I should date them. Or maybe I would be like, oh man, I really like this person, but they felt the same way where they're just like, oh, Bridget's fun to hang out with, but I want to marry her. She's too intense or something like that. I don't know. Mm. I make up reasons why people reject me, you know, make myself feel better, I guess. <laughs> But, so it wasn't surprising that I had a good time on my Tinder date. So, I think it would be cool to talk a little bit more with you about, like, what it's like for you as a guy and sort of, like, what questions come up for you. Um, like, yeah, what are, like, some of the struggles you have? And, and maybe I'll just, like, relate whether I agree or disagree considering, like, my own experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what is it like for you as a guy who's single in your late 20s? within your context or even just like, and you can say the good things, the hard things. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot uh, that goes with it. There is like kind of the typical things that people celebrate about singleness being, having a lot of the flexibility and freedoms and lack of responsibilities to be able to do what you want with your time. Um, it's lends itself to being a very self-centered, um, way of life. Uh, which is selfishly nice, um, certainly. But it is also can be really isolating and lonely uh, with a lot of friends that are dating or married. um, Oftentimes I find myself in social situations where I'm the only um, one without a significant other. Even with my family, uh, yeah. recently I was hanging out and kind of looking around, and I'm like, "Oh, I am literally the only person that isn't dating or married right now," and that can feel like insecure. Uh, there's a lot of yeah. insecurity that comes from that, just because our our culture values um, being married. Also, in the Christian context, in being like striving to be a leader in a Christian community. Oftentimes, there is more weight given to leaders who are married. And yeah, I've noticed that. Which 
Um, that's like a whole other tangent that we could go down, but that doesn't quite seem fully valid to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's hard, but as a single person, I have a lot of needs for intimacy and close friendships and vulnerability that are sometimes difficult to be met because our culture expects all those needs to be met by a romantic partner. Yeah. And that's frustrating because that means if you don't have a romantic partner, you're kind of screwed. And I can ask people to help meet those needs and invite people into that, but it's a two-way street. Mm -hmm. It really is. And uh, unless my friends and community are on board with wanting to love and care for people that aren't married, it can be a really lonely space to be in. Yeah. I mean, everything you just said, I feel like I relate to as well, but I'm sure there's like a little bit of a, just like a part of it that even as a, a dude having that, even expectation, like that you would have certain things figured out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like maybe also part of expect societal expectation on men is that they would be like successful in a certain way or like, and like part of that includes like marriage and things like that, you know, um, like a real adult is, you know, someone who has these things together. Whereas sure. for women, it's like, I feel like it is a little different, you know, like the societal expectation isn't as much on our careers even though, like, if you're in America, especially, like, in our, this community we live in, these big cities, you know, like, women are going to be having careers, and, you know, they're going to be chasing their ambitions, for sure, but when it comes to relationship stuff, I feel like that's so much more of what they, they expect from women, you know, mm. but I totally relate to you, I've, I've been joking with my family this weekend, as it is Thanksgiving weekend, um, that I didn't know until, like, you know, last month I was the loser child because <laughs> all of my siblings have significant others, and we just laugh about it because they don't, they don't treat me like that, and, I'm, like, I don't think they even think about it like that, but we were all cracking up because it, it does seem surprising a little bit since I'm, like, the second child out of four, and I was sort of, like, the golden kid, you know? <laughs> like, they probably thought I'd just have it all packaged by now, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is an interesting... The expectations that society puts on us in general are a lot of times more toxic than beneficial, I find. Um, but especially when it comes to what masculinity looks like um, yeah. in America. And a lot of that has to do with being financially successful, having this a career that's lucrative and building power and influence and then if you're doing those things then maybe it's a little more acceptable to not be married but like that's all kind of bs because when you're even if you have a really successful career you still have these needs for intimacy and care being cared for and caring for others and being known and knowing others that doesn't go away really that is the core of who we are as humans is we are designed to know and be known mm -hmm. and the career stuff is extra yeah but a lot of times we kind of numb out with that or we place that as a value higher than it should be because we don't have these other things uh sorry i'm kind of rambling but i definitely see how the pressure could be greater for women and it could be frowned upon to like value pursuing career over pursuing relationships 
And if you don't have this like successful career lined up that you're pursuing and you don't have a romantic relationship and a family, then it's like, why are you alive? <laughs> yeah. To put it dramatically, yes. Cause, but it feels like that in your like heart. I think even just as you're talking, thinking about like sort of that masculine like expectation, then the feminine expectation to pair with that. And these are ones like, just so you guys know, we totally reject, but like that a woman would be attached to a man who is like that, like powerful and, you know, career driven and successful. And then that's what our identity is like anchored in is this man's, you know, success and like, and then like, that's, I don't know the other thing of that too that all these things that get continue like being perpetuated in our society like the trophy wife with the really successful man so like the woman doesn't need to be successful as long as she's like beautiful you know oh yeah and I just like that's hard for me because I like have I mean I I have issues and insecurities about my own beauty I mean I think kind of everyone does but I wouldn't say I'm like the girl that guys like when they see me across the room at all like they're like oh who's that cartoon looking lady (laughs) you probably don't think that now people who know me I mean I don't know what they would say about Hmm. you know like that kind of thing but but that's something I've like thought about and dealt with because I've seen guys like take the risk on the girl that I think is like probably one of the prettiest in the room you know but then like you don't often see guys take a risk on someone who's just kind of like normal looking which most of us are most of us are normal looking, yes. But I think people get better looking with time when you know them. You're like, you just think they're more beautiful, you know? Yeah. Because you know who they actually are. Yeah. Anyway, those are like obviously deeper conversations, but I just, um, I just think when you're, you are talking about like the stereotypical or the classic like view of masculinity and femininity as it relates to how we like live out our singleness, it's kind of rough, you know? Cause like, I feel like I can't win on any account. Because I decided to go into ministry as my job. Which is kind of funny because in a, like, so, like, focusing on how we ought to live as Christians. Yeah. Um, our, our Christian culture says something that kind of contrasts with what the Bible says about how we ought to live. Where culturally it says we need to be married and start families and be focused on that. Mm-hmm. And then that it brings value to any ministry we do mm-hmm. while biblically uh we see paul talk about um in many of his letters um how valuable it is to not be married because it gives you so much time to care for and love on the community that you're in yeah and just like be completely focused on god mm-hmm. so if you're out there listening and you like this sounds crazy kind of I mean it is sort of Ted and I are the type of people that we follow Jesus like not because it's this nice Christian culture and we're white Americans or anything but like because we believe like God is sort of the answer to our souls and like you know he's worth being sold out on and to hear that the lies and sort of like the myths that are perpetuated even within our own Christian culture we don't adhere to and if you're Christian out there I would say like you know let this be a invitation for you to not continue perpetuating those lies about marriage. So, last thing before you go, Ted has to go to Top Golf, so that's fun. <laughs> yep, gotta go swing some clubs. <laughs> 
classic male. I know. I'm just, just, I'm just I, know. I just need to perpetuate my American male identity a little bit before yeah. watching football later this afternoon. Yeah, I mean, do all the sports. Sports, go sports. Been, <laughs> go sports. Anyway, um, I've been asking people, like I've been doing recordings with people and asking them, if you were to give me any advice or encouragement about singleness, what would you say? Good question. <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. Yeah. It's hard to give advice without sounding trite. Okay. But your value is not determined by your relationship status and I've been told by some of my very close married friends that being married does not meet all of your needs that you're hoping will be fulfilled in marriage Mm -hmm. so I guess the advice that I would give you and encouragement I would give you I also try to give myself is be joyful in this current season of life Mm -hmm. and be thankful for the gifts and blessings that come with it and um, strive to be present. And as believers, we are called to submit our whole lives to God, including our relationships, our romantic relationships, our sexuality, and um, our careers, everything that goes with it. It's all, we all ought to just really give that over. And what that looks like on a practical level is a little bit more complex but, and it's hard. And it's hard, yeah. That's not. <laughs> it's not an easy thing. But you are beautiful. You are completely worthy of being loved. You are completely worthy of being in a romantic relationship. But that does not define you. Thanks, Ted. Same for you. <laughs> Love you, Bridget. Love you, too. And we have effectively encouraged each other this morning about our singleness. Yes. Well, thanks for listening, guys. You got a male voice. I know y'all love those male voices. So I hope this was a fun podcast for you guys to listen to. Have a great drive or walk or whatever you're doing as you're listening. Maybe you're just sitting there listening. And if that's you, what a sweetheart. Bye.